But I do got a question for you. What? Can you guide me through the process uh, of winning those four Super Bowls? That's my ultimate dream. It's a process that starts right where you are right now. That Super Bowl ring is just flowing in front of my face, and I can see it, and I can grab it. But we have to continue to get better as a team uh, to get to that point. Welcome to Right the Ship, the Buccaneers podcast about a team who is currently sixth in the NFC. Holy crap, we are a, if the season ended today, playoff team, man. Julian, this is great. I'm Mike. Yeah, first time in a while. It's been uh, good games in December. Big important games in December. Four wins in a row for Tampa Bay. Giant Slayers. They'd be in playoff teams. They'd be in top teams in the AFC and the NFC. So Tampa's coming off a big win against uh, San Diego on the road, you know, in San Diego, down the fourth quarter, came back and win. That's just something this team's been doing recently, finding ways to win with all the injuries. Yeah, they came back and won, man, just finding ways to win. That's something that uh, Jameis Winston's become notorious for, man, just willing, willing his guys to win and making everyone around him better. It was great to see four-game winning streak, and make it five in a row against uh, New Orleans. What did you think about the game on, uh, on Sunday? Well, it it started out scary as hell. I, I definitely had a uh, a little bit of a the sky is falling moment early on after San Diego went right down the field and then Jameis threw an interception. You're starting to have that yeah. feeling of oh god, it, it's one of those games. But no, no, not this time. They 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 righted the ship and were able to keep it within one score of San Diego, which was huge. That that missed field goal by by uh, Josh Lambeau that. That was really big and set up Tampa with a short field to go down and get a touchdown. And don't forget, Gerald McCoy had a huge sack on third down there that turned that into a 53-yard field goal instead of a 40-something. There was like a six-yard sack there on third down. So Gerald McCoy leading the charge when, when the defense really needed to step up and keep San Diego from scoring because, once again, they moved the ball really well, especially early on. Yeah, and... uh that first pick, they were down 7-0 through interception. The defense stepped up and let the offense, give the offense opportunity to come back in the game and tie it up. San Diego scored out again, and I was thinking it was going to be a shootout. I thought San Diego, San Diego was going to uh, run through our defense, honestly, and they stepped up big time after, after those first two scores, only seven points in the next, uh, what, three quarters. Yeah. Is Melvin Gordon really good? It- is that possible, or is Tampa's run defense just kind of bad? Because there's a decent chance that Melvin Gordon is good. Like, no, he's legit. You look at Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley, and like their their first years and second years are like night and day from each other. Gordon has been incredible this year, and he was incredibly dangerous for San Diego, both running the ball and out of the backfield. Yeah, he caught a lot of passes early on. I think that was one of the big adjustments they made was keeping him in check because Phil Rivers knew where he was every time and there'd be good coverage. Defensive line would have some pressure and he'd dump right off to him and it, it killed us. I had a bit of a Lovey Smith flashback to uh, watching all those running back screens go for, for so far, but yeah, wow. I'm glad they made the adjustments. That's something big they've been doing this year, making second half adjustments. It's one of those one of those years where even if the team's down, you're not expecting them to lose. Not even losing a couple of key pass catchers in the first drive. Both Humphreys and Brendan Myers were... It was uh, Cecil Shorts, and Cecil Shorts was a receiver. Humphreys went down in the third, I believe, with a concussion. So he, he's a big loss. 
Yeah, he, he has been wonderful out of the slot, and I, I thought he was going to have a really big day yesterday, and he, he probably could have, but uh, unfortunately it, he's still in the protocol as of recording this, and it doesn't seem like he's going to play. Yeah, it's, it's a big loss, but people have been stepping up. Freddie Martino stepped up. Yeah, Freddie Martino and Cameron Braid. Cameron Braid's been doing it all year, man. He's, 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 I think he's the most, my, one of the most underrated in the whole league at any position. I was tied in. You know how much I love my um, my first down statistics with Mike Evans, but uh, Cameron Brait also tied for the most first downs by a tight end in the league with 31. Yeah, he's, he's legit, man. People overlook him because they don't recognize the name. They got Jimmy Grant, Gronk is out, uh, Travis Kelsey get all the praise, but I think Cameron Brait's right there with him. And again, I think it's the Jameis. Jameis makes him better. Yeah, I think he's having a bit of a breakout year being – Winston's second option next to Mike Evans because he's been an incredible. You think Pro Bowl? I do. I th- I think Pro Bowl. Yeah, I think Pro Bowl. I, I think le- legitimately Pro Bowl shot. You know, so many big yeah. tight ends have been hurt for a lot of this year, but Cameron Braid has been there every week and has a lot of touchdowns and a lot of first downs, and this has been kind of a breakout year for him. So, who do you think is the best tight end in the in the NFC? Because the AFC. That's where the big names are. Jimmy Graham's on Seahawks. No, everyone knows about him. Um, Who else? Do they still do they still do it by conference? I don't. I thought they stopped. I thought it was just like a draft. Now I I honestly don't remember how they do the Pro Bowl thing anymore. However, they do it. How many tight ends have been playing by the camera break? Uh, well, so let's say three tight ends for each team, and you know one or two guys duck out from injuries. So you look at the top eight tight ends in the league and. I think Cameron Braid is definitely in that conversation. He's definitely top five. No no question about it. If he doesn't make the Pro Bowl, it's going to be the same reason why Levante David missed out on the Pro Bowl when he should have won deep as an MVP. Just small market team. But there's a lot of hype around us, so we'll see. They're winning games, and that's the most important thing to, to getting a lot of Pro Bowl guys, as we saw with Carolina last year. Like they, Once you win games, your players just start, start getting recognized. And we'll talk about that more a little bit later, but... Back to Brait, he had some just incredible catches in, in triple coverage, just jumping up and grabbing it like Gronk. It, it's incredible. San Diego had three 75-yard touchdown drives. Uh, that, that's real bad. That, I thought this defense was good. That worries me a little bit, and um, especially with New Orleans coming to town, and we know how well they move the ball. Well, San Diego is averaging 28 points a game, aren't they? Somewhere around there. Um, to the under their season average. And Phillip Rivers is a good quarterback. I mean, that offense has been good. They've just blown a lot of leads. You know, their record could be a lot different if they would have won a lot of these close games. They're not a bad team. And Tampa's defense, they did step up and made some big plays. I mean, they made the game with an interception, scored a touchdown. Lamont David had his, his uh, first pick six of the year. It's not to say the defense isn't good. I mean, they made some great plays out there. It's just. Phillip Rivers is a great quarterback. They're paid to make plays, too. So, you know, it'd be nice if we can hold every team to zero points, but realistically, it's not going to happen. Yeah, the uh, San Diego almost padded their lead in the fourth quarter. He had uh, Travis Benjamin wide open for a, for a touchdown, and Benjamin just dropped it. It was a real bad look. Yeah. San Diego was definitely the, the unluckier team on the field for a lot of ways on Sunday. They There were a lot of penalties that... They committed at the wrong time that helped 
insane Buccaneers drives there was. Winston threw one ball that was almost intercepted near the beginning of the third quarter. He was uh, trying to shake off. He was trying to avoid a sack and just kind of heaved it up, and there were three chargers all around them. Yeah, not a, not a smart decision. And you saw that last week, same thing. Or last week, beginning in Seattle, he threw it up to double coverage, and Cam uh, Townsend got the pick. Just kind of just things that, at this level, you shouldn't be making. But he's a young quarterback, he's still learning. So one thing that stood out to me from Sunday is just overall we how much production we've gotten from all of these undrafted guys. And yeah, we've been talking about Braden Humphreys for a while, but you know, now Freddie Martino's stepping up and Peyton Barber has been stepping in and it's just it it's great seeing that these guys are thriving in an additional workload and you know, Chiquiz Rogers who wasn't even in the league to start this year, he's he, I think he might be our most reliable running back right now. Like he, I, he, they, put, they had him in in the fourth quarter. Uh, Martin was out uh, with with some sort of injury, and Rogers just did an excellent job of moving the chains and getting the game sealing first down on three straight runs. And earlier on in the game, they had a fourth and one with Martin lined up in the backfield and Peyton Barber is the fullback, and they gave it to Barber and they got it. And I just, I loved seeing that kind of misdirection. Yeah, they have a lot of options at running back with Charles Sims coming back. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for that. He got activated from the IR this week, and and I can't wait to see him against New Orleans. Yeah, he's, he definitely brings a good dynamic on third down. He can line up as a receiver, pass blocking, good pass blocker. You know, he can run the ball too. He's a, he's a big guy. I think he's six foot. Uh, it's not, it's not, I wouldn't really consider him a power runner. He's more shifty. Uh, but man, he, he's exciting to watch. He's a good addition to this team. A running back core has been just destroyed all year, injury after injury. Coming back, you got four legit options who can carry the ball. Yeah, I, I feel good about any one of these guys carrying the rock when we need it. And as much as we've talked about the playmakers getting injured on this team, the running backs are healthy, and running back looks like one of the greatest strengths of this team right now, that and the pass rush. Yeah, the pass rush, the DBs been playing well, but definitely the I think the most talent we have have around is probably that running back position yeah and yep. we didn't we didn't even need another monster game out of mike evans he was relatively in check for for most of the day yeah they did a lot to uh move the coverage sort of Jason Beret and casey hayward are great corners so yeah they yeah they did a good job on him yeah for sure they uh i think that's who james was going to when casey hayward got his interception uh, going to mike evans yeah, Mike, Mike Evans in double coverage, which, you know, he's done that plenty of times and it's worked out great, but can't do that every time, especially against a, a, a sneaky, talented San Diego defense. You don't, you don't really think about San Diego as being a defensive team, but between that secondary as well as Bosa and Ingram, there's, there's a lot of really good, talented players on this defense. Let's talk about the Pro Bowl real quick. As you've seen, it's Pro Bowl voting season, and there's been a lot of a lot of Buccaneer names to be considered, and I have my list, and then I have my uh, my extra list of Homer picks, which I will I will own as just me being a Bucks fan and wanting the team to see that extra boost that winning teams get with Pro Bowl voting. But for the Pro Bowl, I have I have three guys on offense. I have Mike Evans, Jameis Winston, and Ali Marpet. And on the defense, I have Gerald McCoy, Levante David, and Robert Ayers. Really, Robert Ayers. Yep. Yeah, I think he's been phenomenal. I think he's been one of the best free agent signings of this offseason. He has helped 
make this pass rush go so much. He's been a very good veteran presence. I, I think he might end up with 10 sacks, and I, I think he'll end up in the Pro Bowl. Huh. Yeah, not to bring it up. He has had a good season. I think he was one of our better signings. The leadership he brings, the veteranship he brings to that D-line, young guys like Noah Spence. He's been good. Found a pick three from possibly three from the offensive defense. Uh, no question about it, Mike Evans. Best, I still think he's the best team in the league. I got Mike Evans. Probably put, I don't know. Can you put Jameis in there? I mean, Jameis made the Pro Bowl last year, and he's playing better this year. He made the Pro Bowl last year because of injuries and different uh, yeah. quarterbacks choosing not to play. So I think that could happen again. But, okay, so Jameis's first four games, eight touchdowns, eight interceptions. The team was one and three. His last eight games, 15 touchdowns, four interceptions, and the team is six and two. No question about it. He's been playing. He's been playing. Yeah, I, I think I think finishing strong will help with his case. If if he does make it, he'll be an alternate. I'll put it that way. I can agree with that. Back to my three. I say Mike Evans for sure. Don't say Cameron Bray. I don't think. Uh, I think he's one of the best tight ends right now. And for a third pick, uh, I'll go Ali Marpet. And for defense, I'm gonna say uh, Gerald McCoy, Quan Alexander, and. Uh, People give him a lot of heat on Levante, but he's had a good season. He does miss some plays every once in a while. and doesn't really look like the Levante when Greg Schiano was here, but I'll say those three. Gerald McCoy, Quan Alexander, and uh, Levante David. I have Quan on my, my homer list, as well as Brate, Spence, Joe Hawley, and uh, Brian Anger. Oh, you wow. know, Because if you're making a homer list, you might as well include the punter. We're picking offense defense. There's no question Brian Anger should be in the Pro Bowl. If you're watching these Bucks games and you're seeing what kind of field position he's putting people in, he's been great all year. I can't remember thinking, oh, man, this is a terrible punt. I mean, he's been good, consistent. That's the thing, man. He's just been consistent all year. Penny people back, then they're 20. Uh, the interception, the touchdown, was a great punt. I mean, you got coverage guys, uh, gunners, Josh Robinson, free agent, and Russell Shepard getting down there like they do. I mean, you can make an argument that those guys can make special teams Pro Bowl spots because Brian Inger has been amazing all year. Absolutely. I think he's almost guaranteed. I, I bet money that if anybody gets in on this team, it be Brian Inger or Mike Evans. I really hope that both Brian Anger and Russell Wilson end up in the Pro Bowl just for all of those obvious draft comparisons. Russell Wilson. But, um... Yeah, because um, Anger, Anger was the punter that got drafted before Wilson did. Oh, really? I did not know that. Yep. Wow. Did you ever hear what happened to Michael Kanan and why he wasn't as good at the end? Um, he had the staff infection, right? Yeah, well, ki- kind of. It was a little more complicated than that. He, 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 he got into this contract with this, like, nutrient vitamin water company. And he, like, did a full body cleanse where he just drank a bunch of that. But the water had some kind of, like, mold in it. And the mold built up in his body and just, like, made him weak and sickly. And that's why he was so bad at punting for that last year and why they had him punted so high. Because he just, he didn't have the leg strength because he was kind of just poisoning himself. Wow, I did not know that. Big game Sunday in Tampa, the division rival. The Orleans Saints come into town. First time this year, uh, we got them again in another two weeks. But uh, this one's in Tampa. Bucks can get a 
game win streak for first time I don't know how long, as long as I can remember. It's still a tough team. People look at these records and they might think Tampa's hot. You know, New Orleans is, you know, kind of struggling and lost to Detroit. And people might just think Tampa's going to run away with it. But with these division games, you know, with a team like New Orleans, with the offense, with Drew Brees, you just never know how many points they can put up. New Orleans is 5-7 and seven and came off of a very bad offensive game against Detroit. They, uh, they had another really bad game earlier in the year against the New York Giants. And I, I know that they're a division rival, and I, I've seen what Drew Brees has done to this team over and over again. But I look at New Orleans right now, and I can't help but think that Tampa is just the better team. No question about that. New Orleans' defense is terrible. Their defense is atrocious. Not only that, but uh, Kenny Vaccaro just accepted a four-game suspension, so their secondary will get even thinner. Well, uh, I wonder who will, who will get Devin Bro lost in the lights this time. I, I cannot see New Orleans defense doing anything to stop Tampa. I, I usually don't, don't expect shootouts picked in a game. I'm not going to put the defense like that. I think better than that. But this game, man, Tampa's going to have to score. You see, you never know what you can get with Drew Brees. I mean, if it's gonna be, they're going to put him more than 21 points. I guarantee that. As good as this defense has been playing, I think that that offense is too explosive. Too many big plays, and that's the thing that Tampa has given up, is big plays. If the Buccaneers' pass rush can do anything to Drew Brees, then I think Tampa will have a, a big advantage, because th- I definitely think both teams will be able to move the ball, but if you look at both sides of, of, of their defense and wonder where are the big explosive plays, where are the game-changing plays going to come from, who's going to be the big playmaker who gets the the third down sack or the or the tipped interception or the fumble force or any of those. And Tampa has three or four guys who you can count on for that kind of defensive presence and New Orleans doesn't New Orleans doesn't have anything close to that. Right. They they have uh, Will Smith, the defensive end, I believe. That's the only guy I can name for their defense. They I know they've been getting just torched all year. So I can say big big day. Anybody on their offense, honestly, anybody can have a big day. I'm not exactly sure who, because a lot of teams have been singling out Mike Evans and other guys stepping up. So it could be a big day for uh, Freddie Martinez or, or Cameron Bray. I'm right with you there. I, th- I think it'll be a Freddie Martino day. If, you, if you're doing DraftKings or FanDuel or anything like that, go and get Freddie Martino if he's even in their system. I expect Jameis to try at least one home run on Martino, and, and I think they'll connect on that. I hope so. It'd be awesome to see Freddie Martino coming down, having a big game. Cameron Bray also, I think he gets another touchdown. Keeps keep going. I'm looking forward to seeing how Tampa will divide the, the touches between the running backs. Be, now that Charles Sims is back, we'll have another pass-catching option, as well as... Doug Martin and Jaquiz Rogers and Peyton Barber. Doug Martin in the San Diego game, in the first quarter, he had three and a half yards per carry. And for the rest of the game, he had 2.1 yards per carry. And I really want to see Dirk Cutter use this really deep, talented backfield and spell Doug Martin and keep him fresh and, you know, let Peyton Barber take over for a couple of series. Let Jaquiz Rogers come in. I think you'll see that. I think you'll see a lot of from the running back committee people talk about. I think you'll see a lot of it. I think on third down, you'll see Charles Sims come in. Uh, on first and second, it'll be, I think, Doug carry the load for most of the day. But I wouldn't be surprised if he mix it up and have Jaquish Hodgson. He's been playing really well. 
big surprise to me, big surprise to everybody how well he can play. And I think that just shows how good this line is. People don't talk about it enough, man. Last week, San Diego got after him a little bit, but other than that, his line has been solid. Running and passing. Yeah, the, the line has been very good recently. Winston has been sacked only twice in the last three games, though they're going to be a little bit thinner because uh, DeMar Dobson is still in concussion protocol, so it might be Ghost or Cherilis getting the start for him. That's right. And he's, he's not a no-name guy. He comes in and plays every once in a while. Not a bad lineman. So I'm, I'm not seeing – I don't see this line digressing, losing DeMar Dobson. I think all of them are good. I think Ali Marpet's probably the best one. Second, the second-year guy at Hobart, I think he's the best line we have. Yeah, man, the, all of these these small school guys really coming up for big for the Buccaneers between uh, Freddie Martino from North Greenville and Ali Marpet from Hobart and Cameron Brait from Harvard. You know, these these aren't exactly SEC football factories. Right. Uh, do you want to do a score prediction? I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know what, what I don't know what's going to happen. I it's hard not to. Not to expect Jabriz to put up the kind of game he has before, but this Tampa defense been playing well. I say they put up 28 and we put up 40. 28, 40, 41. That's what I'm going with. Big, big offensive game. A lot of big plays. Four touchdowns for Jameis Winston. Five touchdowns for Drew Brees, but I still think the Buccaneers win. 44 to 38. 44-38. Yeah, I, I can't imagine anybody expecting this to be a low-scoring game. No, although, to be fair, we didn't expect the, the Giants and Saints game to be low-scoring, and the only touchdown in that game was from a field goal return. So, any given Sunday, but, yeah, yeah. Freddie Martino, start him in your fan duel. That's your guy, huh? Yeah, yep. Freddie. I, I think Cameron breaks in for a big day. I think he can end up with two touchdowns and probably seven or eight catches, honestly. I think it's going to be his big game this year. He's going to some terrible defense. Um, I'm checking to see if I actually get the, the game. No, I don't. I get Seattle and Green uh, Bay. Jeez. Uh, I'm so mad. I might have to, like, go to a Buffalo Wild Wings or find a – crappy internet stream or something because that I, I i am not here for that i gotta see this and we'll be watching it with you on sunday and until then i'm mike this is julian and let's write the ship